Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and right over there is Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. We're talking about the kids today on the show. Uh, The kids are all right. That's what I mean. The kids are all right. Aren't baby goats kids? That I I did, I'm part of a little writing group, and we were doing the countable nouns like adjectives yeah and uh so yeah i think the goats are kids but what is a um oh oh a group of sharks what would you call a group of sharks i don't know a shiver it's a shiver of sharks it's scary and i think skunks right like a group of skunks is a stench a stench of that makes perfect sense right a lot of them are that in some way describe the experience with the uh, with the animal, but you didn't. Wow. But you didn't think about that ever. That was news to me. That's a stench of skunks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. There you go. A little trivia a fever, there for you. A fever of, <laughs> of stingrays. I think it is. I think it's a, either a fever or a fury. Uh, yeah, it's an F, F word. <laughs> well, I can think of some F words <laughs> yeah. that I could put in there if I saw a bunch of stingrays coming at me. <laughs> <laughs> we are not talking about goats, sharks, stingrays, or skunks today. We're talking about the things. The kids want us big people to know about their experience with ADHD. And I got to tell you, I interviewed my kids for it and I I learned so much, right? right? It was actually a great experience. And I think not only did I learn a lot about their experience with it, but it helps reflect on my own. Uh, and so I hope that's what that's what comes out of today's conversation. Our conversation with our kids and their relationship with ADHD and their experience with adults and how that might impact our own. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. You can get to know us a little bit better. Listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list right there on the homepage and we will send you an email each time a new episode is released. Connect with us on Twitter or Facebook anytime at Take Control ADHD. I think Facebook has actually come out with podcasts, like a built-in podcasts tool. I can't figure out how it works. It's terrible. As far as I know, <laughs> I don't even know who knows. Like I set it all up. So the podcast should be automatically delivered. I'm still doing it manually because I don't trust them. It's not working as far <laughs> as I can tell. If you are a listener and you find the show uh, via its own like post, sure would love to know how it works for you. Yeah, Let us know right. uh, because it's 
seems a little bit crazy so far. Uh, anyway, that's Facebook. Uh, and, you know, if the show has ever touched you, if, you uh, if you're a regular listener, if you've been listening for a long time, uh, we sure would love it if you would head over to patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast and consider becoming a regular supporter there. Supporters get, uh, get some fun things. First of all, you get notification when we go live to record this show. You can join us and watch the live stream. That's a lot of fun. You get early access to the shows. I try to do it a full seven days early. It's usually a little bit closer to five or six, but you get early access in your very own podcast feed that comes from Patreon. You subscribe to the show there and you get members only early access to the episodes. And I cut out all of this stuff. What you're hearing right now, it's not in the member feed. None of Pete's nonsense. I cut it all out. So that's that. For a few dollars a month, you can guarantee that we continue to grow the show, add new features, and invest more heavily in our community. Visit patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. Do we have news for the good people today, Nikki? Any no. other updates? No nope. updates today. Let's talk about the kids. How, yeah. How did you approach this conversation? Where did this come from? Where did this come from? All right. So Impact Parents... Well, they just have launched their podcast and they're going to be on our show in a couple of weeks. And they had asked me to be on their show. And uh, part of what I was going to be talking about was my daughter's di diagnosis. And I thought, well, to be extra prepared for this show, I wanted to interview my daughter and just get some information from her so that I wasn't assuming anything because it's easy for us parents to assume things. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. Uh -huh. And got her permission because I wanted her permission too, that it was okay that I talked about her experience and everything. And so we're all good. And uh, so I thought this would be a good conversation for us to talk about uh, with our family series is mm -hmm. what do our kids think about their ADHD? What, what do they want us to know what helps them. And I'm hoping that today, parents who have children with ADHD, you know, maybe you learn something new, or maybe you relate to us and, you, you know, you feel less alone because you're, you know, we're dealing with it too. Um, mm -hmm. Whatever it might be. I just thought it might be helpful to, to have this conversation. I think it's really interesting. Uh, your, your daughter is how old? She's 16. 16. Mine's 15. And I think that's kind of the sweet spot for one, having a conversation around uh, th that allows them to demonstrate their level of awareness right. of their ADHD and not quite old enough where it's no longer present. Because my daughter, who's 19, going on 20, is no longer thinking in terms of her experience relating her ADHD to adults. But right. with adults, because she's an adult. Right. right. And that yeah. changes your perspective. And it makes the stuff she experienced even five years ago less tangible. Right. Mm -hmm. She can't really quite think about it. Like, I don't I don't really remember what I would want my teachers or parents to know. Mm -hmm. um, everything was was presented in terms of accommodations. And it was just sort of like, do you agree that you need extra time? And everybody would nod their heads and she would say, yeah, I, I guess I do. Mm hmm. But uh, to hear my son talk about it and to read some of the comments from your daughter, I think was really interesting. Yeah. I definitely, I, I it, you know, even if I didn't learn anything incredibly like powerfully new, just the whole seeing the, the collection of comments was transformational. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where well, would you like to start? I would like to start on one assumption that I made. 
And I felt like when she got diagnosed, I felt like, oh, I need to give her all the information in the world about ADHD. And I Mm -hmm. really had this like pressure, like I want her to accept it and I want her to feel loved and like everything's going to be okay. And like, I don't want to worry about this, you know? So I felt this like just need to educate her. And I did get her um, a couple of ADHD books that were geared to teenagers and, um, and they were good. I really, mm-hmm. in fact, I'll put in the show notes, one of the ones that I thought was really good. Um, but anyway, what I found and what I didn't know is that she did a, a lot more research on ADHD than I thought she did. So she did it on her own. You know, yeah. she she Googled and learned about it. And so there were a lot of things that she already knew or or um, was not surprised about when when they would come up, uh, yeah. which I thought was really interesting. That is one of my surprises, too, that there is a level of awareness that I thought was mine. Mm-hmm. Right. That that I was tr- having to be the one to um, to hand that enthusiasm over to my kids. But right. they already have it. Yes. They already had it, and they already had that level of understanding, and they don't need me to to sh- talk to, to them about it, down it their anymore. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. You know yeah. that was that was actually one of the things my my son said that don't worry about asking adults to be gentle. And he said, I know how my brain works. I don't need you to tell me anymore. Just give me a little time to catch up. He said, my brain has a mind of its own. I get that. Like I get that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't need you to describe the experience I'm having anymore. Right. I feel like I do that like like all the time. It's always framed in. Well, let me tell you what you're experiencing. Right. Uh, Accidentally. Like, I don't mean to do that. Oh, I know. And I know his teachers do. It's so accidental. Well, and one of the things that I picked up myself with Paige is that um, she will see what works for other people. Now, I asked her in her core friend group if anybody else that she um, actually hung out with a lot have ADHD. And she said, no, Um, she's the only one that has it. And so she'll look at like other people in class, in the classroom. And, you know, she kind of can spy them. (laughs) A little bit. Mm-hmm. And she'll see, oh, here's this one kid that's using a lot of sticky notes. I wonder how he's using them. And then she would try it, you know, mm-hmm. so she's very willing to try things, but she doesn't like to be told what to do. Yes. So she wants to come to her own conclusions. So what I came out of this is that she wants to do her own research. She wants to see what other people are doing and she wants to, you know, make the decision of what she wants mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, but I had exactly the same thing. Um, hates it when people think that because you have ADHD, you can't do things. Likes getting help, but there's a line that can be crossed and gets super frustrated when an adult or a teacher tries to help too much. There's very much the sense of you can tell me what to do or how to do it, but not both. Right. 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 I'm gonna have to to explore, and and I think you know, there is something about that, the spirit of like exploration. If I'm at a point where I can put energy and attention to a thing, then you got to let me try it. Mm -hmm. You've got to let me try. And and, and I would expect nothing less for myself. Exactly. That's right. Uh, So in my interview with her, there were um, a few things that she just actually 
told me about. They weren't from questions. She just said for mm-hmm. homework, one of the things that she does is when uh, there's a chapter that's being assigned or whatever, she'll look at what questions are going to be asked on the homework. And then she reads the content. And she does this almost every single time because she needs to have the, she needs to know what she's looking for. Otherwise she doesn't, she just doesn't retain it. Mm-hmm. And then what she'll do is she'll take a little sticky note where she thinks the answer is, and then she'll go back and look at that and then do her homework. So right. it's a couple of extra steps, but this again is something that I didn't teach her. She figured it out because she knew that when she reads, she can't just read something once. It won't mm-hmm. stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She won't remember and that, that she's already a, a pretty solid mimic. Like she sees somebody else doing something mm-hmm. like that. It's pretty easy for her to adapt to that, which I think is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, when taking notes, she will write down a few keywords to remember what to look for. Um, so this helps her remember. Uh, a lot of people in her grade at that point weren't even taking notes. So she was one of the few that actually would mm-hmm. highlight like certain phrases or words. Uh, she made it very clear that she doesn't always understand what the teacher is asking. So if the teacher asks a question, she usually has to hear it twice or get more of an explanation because Mm -hmm. she doesn't quite, um, connect the dots right away, Mm -hmm. which is really frustrating to her, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but, um, but it is frustrating. Uh, one of the things that I did encourage her to do because at this point she doesn't have accommodations, but I'm going to talk about that too in just a minute. But mm-hmm. um, what she did do is I encouraged her to still go to the office hours when she had homework that she didn't understand. Uh, so she did. She would go to office hours. She would email teachers, ask questions when she needed uh, more of an explanation. She did end up talking to a couple of her teachers about her ADHD. So they were very aware of, you know, what was going on. Um, and that, and that helped. That was definitely a big, a big thing. Now, towards the end of the year, she was taking Spanish and the test was going to be an oral test, you know, where the teacher would speak Spanish and she would have mm-hmm. to write it down. And she was really nervous about it because she's like, I, I can't, I'm not a verbal, like, or I'm not an, uh, what am I trying to say, Pete? Like, it's hard for her, her to hear yeah, it and then to hear compute it. Right. it. So, like, giving her direction somewhere after, like, the f- first stop sign, she's done. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but so I, I said, well, maybe you want, maybe you could email that teacher and let them know what's going on and see if you can't take it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but she didn't want to do that. And one of the reasons is, is she doesn't, want to look different from her Mm -hmm. classmates. And so uh, she just took it. She did fine. Um, But I will tell you, there's some resistance of how how much help she wants to get. Um, And that was the whole thing about accommodations in the first place is I asked her, well, next year when you're actually in school full time, because, you know, COVID kind of switched everything up for her. Um, will you ask for accommodations? And she said she will, but she doesn't want anybody to know about it. She does not want her friends to know about it. So she, she does not want to be in a different testing room. She doesn't like her, her accommodations for her, 
I'm not exactly sure what they're going to look like until we get mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. But she's very self-conscious about being different. Yeah, I got some of that same reflection. My my daughter, when I think back on our experiences, we were kind of reflecting on on her going through high school now that she's out of it in a ways, um, and middle school. We had accommodations set up, and generally the only one she used was time and a half on assignments, right? Right. She she did do some exams that required a lot of, uh, you know, a, a certain amount of focus or a certain kind of focus. She did some of those using time and a half as well and and would go to the testing center. She didn't have that much problem because it was a big school and there were a lot of kids with accommodations. Right. So she actually would have looked different had she not made use of them. But she also kind of felt that way, that there was a thing where if, if everybody was doing it in the classroom, she wanted to do it in the classroom. Mm-hmm. If there was flexibility and others made use of their accommodations, she would do that too. Um, and so there was very much a like just sort of walking with the pride uh, kind of a, a mentality for her. M- my son, um, his, you know, he's he's high school. He made use of accommodations time and a half a little bit, but mostly high school so far for him has been one giant accommodation. Right. Right. Nobody knows what they're doing after the freshman year that he had. Right. right. It was yeah, just same thing it was with, all yeah, chaos. Same thing yeah. So, age, yeah. I just think there's still a lot we don't know about what's going to happen, right. and um, it's getting less certain every day as of right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so who? I don't really know about that, but I do have uh, the office hours thing that you bring up absolutely reflected on that, especially in this last year. If there was a Zoom office hour date with a teacher, he was there. He mm-hmm. was there every time. First of all, because he's chatty and he likes to build relationships with his teachers. Everybody knows him, right? right? Like they, he likes those relationships. But also he would use it as like reflection time on the assignments. And the teachers eventually got very accustomed to, oh, Nick is here. We're going to just review what we talked about briefly in class. And we're going to talk about if nobody else is waiting in line for anything urgent, I'm going to help help him through whatever this, you know, he needs to be focused on. That was really useful. Mm -hmm. In terms of his workflow, um, multiple screens changed his life Hmm. because he did not have enough screen space on the little rinky-dink Chromebook they give him to actually have everything open at the same time that he needed open. And I had an old monitor that we put up on his desk and he plugged into the Chromebook. And now he has on one screen, very large he has blown up full size the assignment and it provides a map that he doesn't, he can't unsee. It's like burning into his retina as he's on this screen actually doing the work. And that was really big. Mm, that's good was to know. Be, for, for him to be able to have a giant map and, uh, and, and focus on that right in front of him. Mm-hmm. That was the same thing that my daughter experienced. We've talked about before with reading, had some real struggles with reading until she got a Kindle and was able to make the font very, very big. Yes. It's not that she didn't know how to read. It's that there were too many words that started distracting her too much. And so she became a very fast reader once she could adjust to that. So that was it's that same kind of thing that I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. Um, the uh, Quizlet, mm-hmm. in, in terms of workflow, Quizlet has been huge because he is both a visual and an, uh, a sort of auditory kinesthetic learner. And so to sit down and make his own sets of 
of like flashcards, terms and explanations it has been very, very useful. And we had to kind of condition him out of just finding terms from that somebody else has created in the Quizlet like database. Right. Um, but once he got to quit, for those who don't know, Quizlet's like a flashcard app, but it has this giant backend like uh, catalog where others can submit their flashcards into this repository and you can search for them. And especially if teachers do it, they're building flashcard terms off of their textbooks. So you can search by textbook and find these fantastic sets of, of flashcards. Well, you can also create your own. And that's what we've really spent years learning how to do. Um, and that has been very, very helpful. Um and finally, this is one I'm really interested in you reflecting on. Body doubling mm -hmm. does not work at all for him. He cannot stand working silently in space with somebody else. It does not motivate him. He said he just all he wants to do is talk to them and can't <laughs> shut that part off. And I think part of that is just maturity. Like he's at a point where it's not quite triggered yet that the work is more important than the social time. But I also wonder, is that just a personality type thing in your experience? Are there people for whom body doubling doesn't work because they just want to talk? Well, it could be the difference between uh, inattentive and hyperactivity mm -hmm. or hyperactive ADHD or a combination, right? Because yeah. um, my daughter was was diagnosed with inattentive, although there are things that she does that she's more combo, I think, um, yeah. because there are things that definitely come out that's more... Um, hyperactive. But no, she, uh, I, uh, you know, she has witnessed me do my study halls for years. Sure, for right? years. So right, she knows right. what I do and she hears me doing the Pomodoro and, and, uh, and last year when she was first diagnosed, I said, well, you know what, what why don't we try it? Cause I'm going to be in my office doing this and right across from my office is our dining room. Why don't you sit there and you do your work and you can just follow along, you know, as I'm, as I'm doing it. And it worked really well for her. Um, now part of that might have been because she doesn't have the opportunity to talk to anybody in that situation. Cause she really was mm -hmm. just by herself and, right. you know, going along with it. Um, but she will do Pomodoro's, which is the 25 minute work. And then she'll usually take about a 10 minute um, break and mm -hmm. she'll dance <laughs> or she'll walk around. Like she does get her energy out, um, mm -hmm. which is really helpful. Um, but there was a couple of times last spring where she asked me if I was going to have a study hall. Like she was asking for it because mm -hmm. she knew she needed to get the work done. And so she came and uh, she was on the computer. She didn't show her uh, video, but she was on the computer. She got her work done and then left when she was done and it worked really well. Um, oh, that's great. She also loves uh, being on like the bouncy ball if she's, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, as a chair. Um, yeah, yeah. And she loves fidget toys too. So as she's working, she'll click something and, you know, yeah. I got her whole um, different bag of, of different fidget toys. So yeah, yeah. for her, it, it works. Yeah. I, I think that's interesting. And I, I wonder if we're going to get to a point, cause that was my, my daughter's issue too. When she talks about her experience with ADHD as a kid, mm -hmm. it was such a hyperactive experience. It mm -hmm. was like sitting on the floor under the desk, moving, yeah. standing around in a class all the way through probably her sophomore year in high school. And then something clicked. And that was no longer the issue. It, was, it just, everything changed. Yeah. And then it was all fireworks in her brain. Mm -hmm. And um, and so uh, that was interesting. How What did you learn about the relationship with meds? Oh, okay. 
so first of all, I would say, um, Without the medication, my daughter definitely notices that she has a more productive day when she works out in the morning. So if mm-hmm. she does any kind of exercise, she always notices that she has a you know more productive day. We are not a real great example of medication, like a, a story around medication because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, she was diagnosed in February of 2020 everything shuts down in March of 2020. And her school was so relaxed, not relaxed, but I mean, she went to school for two and a half hours, four days a week. So she Mm. didn't feel like she needed the medication. And um, so she only took it if she was going to have to like take a test or she felt like there was some classes that she didn't like as much. And so um, she had to, you know, she wanted to focus it for, for that. But she told me that she really doesn't like how it makes her feel. And that's why she doesn't take it on a regular basis. For her, she feels like, yes, it helps her focus more, but she feels like it takes away some of her like bubbly personality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, uh, I will say though, Pete, it can change because when she goes into school and she's in person and she's full time and there's going to be more expected of her, you know, she may want to reevaluate that. And if it still isn't, and this is what I tell my clients all the time, if it's still not making her feel right or not right, then we'll go back to the doctor and say, okay, can Mm -hmm. we try something else? Can we try a different dosage? So I'm not opposed at all to, to keep playing around with it. It's just that the timing with COVID was just, it just didn't give us a chance. It makes it really hard to learn anything. We learn nothing. I mean, we, we learn nothing. So, Uh, we have a little bit more of a history because we we have been dealing with meds and kids for a number of years. And so it was, um, you know, I'm, I'm to the point where both of the kids have a, a really solid experience with their meds. They know what it does for them. They know how it changes them uh, and they know what it allows them to do. I mean, I from the our very first lesson was, you know, and my daughter as a very young girl said, you know, my I, I feel like there's a party outside, and when I take my meds, we can close the window, and I no right. longer hear it. Like, I, I at least it's it reduces the external distraction. Well, you know, I'm seeing the same thing, and my son, I think he is, his reflection was, don't be afraid to let me use my medication as a tool that I know it is. Like, mm-hmm. there are days when I should be able to tell you, I don't need it today. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take it today. Uh, but there are days where I absolutely, and you might think I don't need it today, but I absolutely feel like I do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, don't be afraid to let me drive that. Now I'm in high school. I'm even though it's I'm new in high school, I know, but I feel like I get it already. I right. you can trust me to have that relationship with my own medication, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you when it's doing something that it shouldn't be. Uh, so I thought that was pretty powerful. I think so too. And I, there's something else that, uh, she said to me that I think parents need to be very, very aware of, especially in the high school, um, age Mm -hmm. and college. She's had people offer her money for her Adderall. Yeah. And then when she's like, no, or what are you talking? Like, then they pretend like they're just joking around. Yeah. Um, but my guess is that if she was one to say, yeah, okay, they're not joking around. So you yeah. really do have to be careful and, t- and talk to your kids about that because people will ask. Has your daughter's doctor pulled your daughter aside to have that one-on-one conversation? About that? About relationship with Meg? Yeah. 
because our, ours got to an age where we were no longer in the room anymore. And they said, you know, we will ask you to leave. I need to have this conversation with your oh, child. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we haven't been in the room. Yeah. yeah. That's I, I mean, that's a that for me is a real lesson of like the responsibility that we're giving the kids. Mm-hmm. And I've just watched two shows in the last t- weekend. Uh, the Flight Attendant uh, is a series on HBO Max mm-hmm. and um, The Final Girls, which is a slasher horror kind of comedy that just hit Hulu. Uh, and both of them have a whole thing about Adderall, like open market for Adderall. And one of them, The Flight Attendant, it's like a mom selling her child's drugs back into the high school like wow. <laughs> to another another Adderall dealer kid That's crazy. in high school. Yeah. Uh, awful. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So, well, it's out there. It's real. It is real. And I and I have to say, there's a couple of things that she also said to me around the social piece of it is um, one of the things that's frustrating for her is like if she can't move, like she um, will do that shaky thing with her leg a lot. Mm-hmm. And somebody will say, oh, well, that must be your ADHD. But it's not like a supportive thing to say. And so then it hurts her feelings because it's not supportive. It's coming out like you're annoying me. Uh, But she also told me that she doesn't mention her ADHD to many people because A, they don't believe her or they or yeah, well, I should say A, they 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 will say they don't believe her and think that she's just saying it to be cool. Obviously, they don't. Those people don't have ADHD. <laughs> well, obviously, they don't. Yeah. And, and you know, it's but I think what the reality here is and what the perspective from her that was so enlightening for me is that the this is what she's dealing with. Like, yeah, this is real. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. people will put her down thinking that she's making it up. Yep. Or make fun of her. Yeah. You know, it makes oh, no sense. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. I asked my son about that, like after kind of thinking through your notes, I said, like, what is your experience with your peers? And he said on the other on the other side of that, he's like, Mm -hmm. nobody gives me any trouble. They either have ADHD or they don't care. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because he's, again, new to high school. Maybe he just hasn't kind of had that experience of a real uh, year. But um, it's so far we haven't had to face that. Um, well, and it could be a gender thing too. Yeah. You know, true. it could definitely be how they're relating to their social circles. And I yeah. know, you know, there's a lot of drama. Yeah. Uh, a lot of drama in these circles. And so that, yeah. that, you know, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but it might be. Yeah. Um, couple of more points we, we had. One, uh, timed activities are incredibly stressful. And for, for us, the accommodations have been really, really valuable. Um, he's, he said teachers have gotten actually really good at noticing. And they, they reach out when they feel like he's stuck. Like they, they notice when his behavior changes and he's mm-hmm. not moving on from question to question. And that's really valuable. He does use the technology, though. He emails, he uses Canvas to reach out to teachers outside of class rather than talking in person. Because again, to your point, he doesn't want to stand out like that. Yeah. He doesn't want to have people watching him like on stage talking to the teacher, right. which is which is a version of sort of standing out. Um, repetition is excellent. And he said, even when I know I don't want to, I need sometimes I need to be 
repeated upon. Yeah. Like I need to have things done many, many times. Um, don't worry. Don't stress out if I need to read aloud. Sometimes he needs to read quietly to himself in class, like he needs to go full ASMR in order to hear his mouth making the words sounds of things that he has to to read. And he sure. says, I wish people, I wish people would just let go of that. It's not a problem. I know how to read. It's not like I can't read without moving my mouth, but I need to hear that whisper of words in my ears because I am also like an auditory learner. Like I mm-hmm. need to hear the words to let them sink in. Mm-hmm. And I wish people would let that go. It's not a big deal. Right. Just let it go. Um, and um, yeah, so that was that was the large part of it. He does. He is in a school where like when the kids start projects, they're allowed to put headphones on Um they're not allowed to like watch Netflix or listen to right. a lot of music, but one of his accommodations is white noise. And so he does, he can put white noise in his, uh, ear, ear, ear pods, ear, earbuds, ear pods, ear pods, you know, the air <laughs> in, in his, eye. he can put sound in his eye holes. <laughs> he can't put white noise in his ear pods and, and, um, uh, in his headphones. Right. And that would allow him to, that allows him to get a little bit more distance from the world at mm-hmm. large. So, um, anyway. Well, and then just a couple other things. Um, I asked her, you know, what would you tell someone who was just diagnosed? And she said, don't be ashamed. Embrace it. We are the best people in the world. <laughs> That's that positivity uh, coming yeah. out. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You're not stupid and nothing is wrong with you. Yeah. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I already talked about the I know how my brain works bit, which I think is really powerful. Just saying, you know, I asked him, what do you want adults to learn? He said, just be gentle. Right. And, and that it's OK. Like all of this is OK. I know it can be frustrating sometimes, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, that my brain has a mind of its own is is kind of a good message. Right. Well, and that's actually on closing, that's very similar to what she said, too, because I my question was, what would you tell parents? And she said, if you see your child uh, getting frustrated, especially in school, have patience. They are mm-hmm. trying and yeah. try to help them instead of getting mad and see it from their point of view and understand that their learning is different from others. Yeah. And I thought that was really powerful because it is so quick for us to get, oh, you didn't, you know, whatever, you didn't do enough or you didn't spend enough time or whatever. And she's like, just be patient. Yeah. Because they are trying. And I think that's really important to know, too. They don't want to disappoint anyone. Right. Yeah. And and it's already too easy to feel bad about yourself right. for not getting stuff, not being able to do the stuff that you know you're supposed to do. The thing that, that I thought was most interesting, I did after we had this conversation this afternoon, I um, I started searching for other resources that sort of catalog a, a similar conversation of, you know, what what kids are dealing with and what they face. And I'll tell you, it is amazing just how much these other resources parallel what these kids are saying, what our kids are saying. Mm-hmm. And I think that was that was incredibly useful that they're, you know, no one is an island in this right. conversation. Right. They're all dealing with with this stuff in a in a sometimes quite similar way. Mm-hmm. So really useful stuff. I hope it's useful for others in your relationship with your kids. I hope it changes maybe the way you look at yourself. Give yourself permission to be okay. Uh, and thank you for downloading and listening to this show. We sure appreciate it. Thank you for your time and your attention. Please don't forget, if you have something to contribute to the conversation, we're headed over to the Show Talk channel in our Discord server. You can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, 
the ADHD podcast. Mm-hmm.